0: Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera, and the three of us work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show today, we're going to be talking about lower mortgage rates and what the impact is going to be on the spring housing market. A RICO lawsuit against Keller Williams, reactions to the commission lawsuit, and the holiday excuses that go on, not just in real estate, but I feel like for every single person in the population, if you get some value out of any of this, do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, make sure to hit the bell for notifications, and uh, obviously if you want to schedule a call with us, you can do that in the comments if you need to talk about anything real estate related. So, uh, Stacey Interesting stuff going on economically right now. This time last week, we're talking about rates kind of settling in. Now we've seen them firmly stabilize at 7%. It was even a day before Thanksgiving, they were below 7%, 6.875. And typically what lower mortgage rates will do is take housing supply off the market. And we have seen demand has picked up uh, specifically with uh, purchase uh, application data, where we saw that jump up a little bit over the past week. It was up 4%, um, and it's been kind of an up-and-down year. We've seen 21 positive upswings in purchase application data, 23 negative uh, downswings in purchase application data. What are you seeing with these stabilizing rates that now are firmly, at least for now, 7%?
1: Well, definitely people are, um, they're very happy about that, that they're not going and ticking closer to eight and going over the eight mark. Uh, Some of the folks I talked to last week were actually very surprised that they were in the sixes. And I did have uh, some folks lock in at six point. Six, I think it was six point six seven five last week.
0: Yeah, six and five eight.
1: Yeah, so that was very, and they were thrilled to death.
0: I'm sure they were. I would be too.
1: Yeah, so they were they were very very happy. Um, now we just have to get through inspections, and then everything's good. <laughs> so, um, but everybody, for the most part, that I've been talking to, if they didn't know about the the dip in the rates, and I brought that new information to them, they were very surprised to hear about it, um, and also. They welcome the news.
0: So you're telling me that the people that are active in the market are still not that in tune and you're the one bringing the information to the table. Am I hearing that right?
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, there were a couple of folks that knew about it, um, but for the most part, people did not know. They had no idea.
0: Got it. So I and this brings up something interesting. We talked about it yesterday at, at a training that we uh, we do uh, every couple of weeks about the market, what's going on in the market, how to communicate this information to people in a way that they can understand. Um, and what we've seen is that a lot of agents don't tell their folks about what's going on with rates. And I would argue it's a disservice as a real estate agent if you're not keeping people informed I would imagine, and you probably already did this because I know you and I know how you operate, but literally it's the opening fact question script of, hey, Stacy, did you see that rates came down below 7% last week? How's that going to impact your housing search and just get people talking? Because when you deliver the news and are the knowledge broker, I feel like it gives you such credibility with these folks in in, an, in a market where there's a lot of confusion.
1: Mm-hmm. Has that
0: been the reaction you, you've been receiving?
1: No, oh, totally, 100%. When you can bring that valuable information to consumers, I I mean, they it's um, it builds trust and they they know that they can lean on you for for more information. And that's what I like to provide to people. I like to give them all the knowledge that I mean, they're busy with their lives, right? People are busy doing life in between searching for homes. Mm
0: -hmm. So they
1: might not be keeping up with every little detail like we do. Sure. Uh, like us real estate nerds here. But so to bring them this information, it, it's so valuable. And I, I can't understand um, if you are not doing that, you definitely are doing a disservice to your clients.
0: I, this is just, and to me, I think this this is a precursor of what's to come. Because if you look at these predictions that are out there, um, and, and you're going to get things like, well, Stacey, I'm going to wait for the rates to come down even more. hmm a lot of the predictions are telling us this is where rates are going to be in the first quarter. If you look at um, the Resi Club with uh, Lance Lambert, um, it's called ResiClubAnalytics.com, one of the better blogs about housing uh, that that I see. Um, when you look at the, the charts that they're sharing, I mean, they have all these different things that they, they look at, and specifically one of them is rate predictions from – Uh, Fannie Mae from the Mortgage Bankers Association and Goldman Sachs. And the first quarter predictions are 7.1 to 7.3 percent. The Mortgage Bankers Association is the only one predicting rates coming in below six. And this is the average prediction. It's not below six. Excuse me. That'd be incredible. Below seven at 6.6 percent for the second quarter, uh, while Goldman Sachs and Fannie Mae are predicting they're going to be at seven and 7.2. So. It's really going to take a long time to wait. And then you think about all the equity that, that you might be losing out on or just not being in a place where you want to live, which I think is even the, the bigger issue. So um, what do you think this does for the first quarter and for the spring market now that we're seeing lower rates um, where they, they peaked at 8% just two weeks ago?
1: If rates are continuing to to dip a little bit, even if they stay in the high sixes, for the spring market, mm-hmm. it's we're going to see a surge in activity, that's for sure, because I know that there's people that have been sitting on the sideline waiting for the rates to come down. They're not going to want to miss the opportunity and risk rates going up again, especially in an election year. Uh, they'll probably want to lock in before the election because people just, no matter what side, either side you're on, they could be even more hesitant after the election to, to buy a house. So I believe, and I, I feel very strongly, that we're going to have a very busy uh, spring market again, which could increase competition because you're going to see buyers coming back into the fold that we're sitting out. And not only, you know, you're, they're going to be able to take advantage of the low rates, but they have to be mindful that if they are going to wait till spring market for the low rates, there could be that increased competition. So that means possibly offering over asking price, waiving contingencies mm-hmm. back to that whole whole thing again. So, you know, I just encourage people now if, you know, the, the motivations there, if people have deadlines like lease term, um, you know, lease um, ex- expirations or, you know, job transfers, you they have to transact. They have to get into a new home. So now's the best time because the competition is less. People are kind of, you know, waiting out the holidays also. And the interest rates are great right now. So now's the time because there is opportunity with homes that have been on the market for a week or two or possibly even longer, depending, um, and there's, there is less competition.
0: So I, I agree with that. And, and what I also see it – I. I if, if you, housing's only going to go up from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually disagree with a couple of these predictions that are coming out about home prices, which tend to be wrong in a lot of cases, we're going to get into in a second, because rates come down a little bit. And we've already seen what is, you've seen a 4% bump and typically what's, it was a historically a time of year when there's a seasonal slowdown. And um, what I mean by that is some people, they're just and we're going to talk about this in the third segment because it's like the holidays happen and they become they get in like paralysis mode and they can't even function because right. they have Christmas is taking up. I mean, it's it's right. we're not even in the month of December yet. And I'm already hearing this nonsense, um, but it happens. It, it's a fact. We see people do it. They just can't get past what's going to happen over the next 30 days. So what I'm clear on is that the spring market could be. Even crazier, even more incredible than what we saw when when the when the market opened up in Pennsylvania, um, we could see frothy demand because all of these people have put their plans on hold, and this is just isn't the buyers. This is the sellers that have to go buy something. Most buyers are going, or most sellers are going to buy something. So when I see all that happening, um, I, I get excited for the people that are leaning into a time of year I call separation season, when you can separate yourself from the competition as an agent and actually prep for the year instead of take a month off to drink eggnog and wear ugly sweaters 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you're laughing. This is reality.
1: <laughs> I know. I, uh, yep, people pack it in. Like right. B, I guess it's somewhat after um, Halloween. It's okay. Party starts. You know, there's some agents that just pack it in. Yeah. I mean, that's why,
0: I mean, unfortunately, the majority of real estate agents are part time and that's just kind of what we're dealing with in in this. But I mean, there's still 16% of the year left, more than that.
1: It sets us up for early next year.
0: I, I see a lot of opportunity for next year and the folks that want to lean in. We'll get into this in the third segment. I don't want to spoil that. So you're seeing the same thing I am, that lower rates could mean a frothy, robust, very busy spring housing market. Um, now, Morgan Stanley came out with a report that kind of tells us the opposite, which I found pretty interesting. So uh, Morgan Stanley dropped a 59-page report. I mean, good for them. I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm going with the summary that Lance Lambert put together. Um, that And it details their views on the U.S. economy, the housing market, the bond market. And Morgan Stanley analysts believe that the U.S. economy is going to avoid a recession. Awesome. Incomes will continue to rise. I agree with that given the strength of the labor market. Mortgage rates will decrease slightly, also agree there, and U.S. housing activity will pick up a little. So all of that I'm, I'm, I'm in support of. Anything you disagree with there?
1: I agree with all of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So all of that we're on board. Despite lower rates, because Morgan Stanley does expect the 10-year uh, Treasury yield to end uh, 2024 at 3.95, which would bring rates down. Um, and a resilient economy, they believe the U.S. home prices are going to fall 3% in 2024. That seems a little off to me, given everything else they're talking about here. What are your observations about this?
1: To me, that definitely seems off. I I don't know why, given all those things that we agreed upon, uh, Mm -hmm. with the interest rates being lower, um, with the labor market or the, you know, the increase in, um, salary, Mm -hmm. um, and the economy is going to avoid a recession. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're all very positive things. Why would they think that home prices are going to drop 3%? I don't know where they're getting this information. I'm not seeing that, um, unless that they're taking a total overall, uh, lump, some of when sellers put their home on the market for you know, a more aggressive selling price and have to drop their pricing. Maybe that's where they're getting this information. But I know real estate is local. And in our area, we've seen prices go up. We've seen prices go higher and higher as each sale closes. So I don't agree with that. I don't think that housing prices are going to dip. It could be in different regions, yes, but not in our local market.
0: So- Spoiler alert, they agree with you, um, and and this, this is the problem with these national predictions that I want to caution everyone about, and what's going to happen is buyers are going to see this. And they're going to say, oh, prices are coming down. That's just yeah. bad information. Um, so they talk about the three levers to improve housing affordability. Falling rates, okay, we're going to see some movement there. Most people think that, but we've heard that before. They've been wrong. Rising incomes, that's mm-hmm. another one, or falling home prices, and- they believe all three will be pulled a little and would create a significant improvement in housing affordability um, that they've only seen a handful of times over the past 35 years. Uh, now, if you look at the U.S. Um, home prices measured by the Case-Shiller National Home Price Index, they're up 5.8% year to date, um, even though mortgage rates are sitting at 22-year highs. But then here here's like the asterisk at the end of this report. And I want to just read this to everybody here. If U.S. home prices do fall in 2024, it's possible that many regional housing markets could still post positive home price
1: gains.
0: (laughs) Just as this year, we will see a positive year-over-year jump. We also witness home prices falling year-over-year in several regional housing markets like Austin, New Orleans, and San Antonio. And what I'm clear on is that that's probably the most insightful piece of information that that is in this portion of the report because – there's markets that be get, get very hot and cold, right? Austin's yes. a great example. They had a big boom during COVID. Now that COVID's over, people are maybe not moving there as much. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a smaller city than the greater Philadelphia area, for example. Um, New Orleans and San Antonio. San Antonio is a large area. It's one of the largest uh, metro areas in the country. I believe it's number seven. And all that in mind, I mean, they've seen they, – they don't have the same prices that you see in some of the top four or five metro markets that are out there. So – then they go and look at the other 2024 forecasts: Mortgage Bankers Association plus 4.1 percent, Fannie Mae plus 2.4, Wells Fargo plus two and a half, Goldman Sachs up six tenths of a percent, the AEI Housing Center plus four percent, Core Logic plus 2.6. Then you have Zillow is saying they're going to remain flat. Moody's Analytics negative 4.4, and Morgan Stanley at negative three. There, there's a range here of. Eight and a half percent. And this is usually what happens with these predictions. So I would imagine you're going to see some places, just like you are now, they're going to see prices increase and Mm -hmm. some they might be down a little bit based on what's going on with their local economy. And that's the thing you got to worry about with these with these types of reports. So even if lower housing and if lower rates come into play, that's going to drive pricing up because there's going to be more
1: demand. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's what they – it seems to me that's what they fail to factor in because that is exactly what happens in our area. As soon as the rates come down, the mortgage interest rates, then the buyers come back in the market and then you have competition. Competition equals multiple offers <laughs> equals, you know, over-asking price. So it just, it's that cycle that we're in because there is such a lack of inventory um, and, and plenty of, of buyers still out there. So all this speculation, I love how they put in bold, if – U.S. home prices do mm-hmm. fall in 2024, and they're always revising their numbers, you know, and they're always retracting what they've said. But I just don't see where nationally this is going to happen, especially not in our area. The home prices are not going to fall. And it's just so frustrating with these headlines because people, they do, they, they, they grab onto it and that's what they want to talk about. Well, I'm going to wait because the prices are going to fall. And I always say, well, how far do you think they're going to fall? <laughs> that would make you want to buy a house, um, because that's always an interesting conversation. Right,
0: right. We can start the show now. Sarah Timons here, everybody. Sarah. So, uh, very glad to have her here, as always. So, yeah, you know, when, when I look at this, and then Zillow uh, put together an interesting graph, and and uh, well, I, I sent it to Nick. Hopefully, we can put it in the post, uh, the 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 post recording here, where. They made predictions of what's going to happen, plus seven and minus seven percent, and it was blue and red. And most of the country was like was clear, which it means there's going to be zero change. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very clear. We're going to see prices stay relatively stable and go up another conservatively two to four percent next year, until inventory comes up at least locally. I mean, I can't speak to these other markets. I don't see anywhere any data, anything that tells me prices are going to be going down. I don't know if I'm missing something here. I'm clear that's where things are going to go.
1: I agree 100%. Absolutely.
0: So there's one other piece of information here, and, and hopefully we'll uh, – I'm, I'm going to see. It's, it's on Logan Motishami's, um, his Instagram stories. This guy posts a lot on Instagram, so i got to run through these here real quickly. Um, but there was uh, – basically he came out and said that the number one – hawk um here it is one of the hawks left said it's over um and this is uh connor sen he uh, or and then it's a uh, federal reserve a member waller just said the fed's done in case there was any doubt with rate increases do you see that happening we got a meeting coming up here soon is the fed gonna stop
1: i don't think they're gonna raise <laughs> one more time this year because they already signaled that they weren't going to um
2: into next year, it's election year. I don't think they will. I, I'm hoping that they don't, but I would not be. I don't think that they will do like back to back, but I would not be surprised if they did one more.
0: Well, if they don't, and and this is what this is coming right from uh, Waller. So if you don't know who he is, let me just pull this up here and give you his bio. And and I think all this stuff is relevant because it looks like the tide is really turning in the economic policy that we're seeing right now. We've seen rates come down, and we've seen some some good things happen here. Let me pull this up. I'm just trying to get all this information. If Logan Modashami didn't post so much. It would be a lot easier. But uh, I, I do give him a lot of credit for uh, being super active. So it's uh, – so, and, and they basically said, hey, we're not going to um, – here we go. So this was on CNBC – Uh, The Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller said Tuesday he is increasingly confident that policy is well-positioned to slow the economy and get inflation back to 2%. So if that happens, um, even though inflation is still too high, but we're seeing the market kind of retreat a little bit, I think this is all poised to make the the spring market. Forget what happened this year. We're going to see more homes sell, and we're going to see more sellers come to the market. I don't think there's any question.
1: Yeah, I agree with that for sure.
0: All right, enough rate talk and, and economic data. Obviously, you got questions, just get in touch with us here. We're going to take a quick break. We are going to come back. There's some real estate industry news about the commission lawsuit, another copycat suit, and a RICO embezzlement case at Keller Williams. We'll break it all down next on Tooltime Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.
3: Or give us a call at 610 439 8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around the clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America.
4: Mortgage America is a Equal housing lender, NMLS 128501. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can can actually, meet as PHFA's number one lender. We specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first time buyer programs and low down payment options. For your free pre approval, call us at 610 439 8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. I'm
0: Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's Tom Tool with an e, dot com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera. The four of us all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. We're going to be getting into some industry news next. If you get some value out of this, do us a favor. Head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe, click on the bell for notifications, drop a comment. Or if you want to see us cover anything, let us know, and we'll break it down on the next show. So the the real estate industry just is pumping out news left and right here. And unfortunately, it's a lot of, like, legal news. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really care about this story in particular, but it sounds pretty, pretty bad if you ask me. So um, yesterday there was news after an initial complaint was filed against Gary Keller and Keller Williams of inflating key profitability... Profitability metrics, including company sales and profits, to convince individuals to purchase Keller-William regions and market centers. Um, there have been some tweaks made to the lawsuit and the, uh, the, uh, by uh, John Davis. Uh, he also named former president Josh Team. Uh, Business Maps and Business Maps Management, these are all the, the subsidiary companies. And they also expanded the list, adding Gary Keller's son, John Keller, 72 sold, which is a Keller Williams, um, you might have seen some commercials about 72 sold, um, and a bunch of other people. I don't need to go through the whole thing here. Um, and they added a former Keller Williams Market Center owner. I mean, basically, they pulled in everyone into the lawsuit, and it stated that the after the franchisees signed a contract, the defendants then required franchisees to adapt a specific market cap, which is a fee agents pay their market centers, and these went to increasing like technology fees and the purchase of unneeded goods and services. and now it's 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 a Rico suit. I mean, th- this is wild to me. What do you think about all this?
2: True. <laughs> He's in trouble <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it, for, if you don't know what a RiCO suit is, it's a racketeer influence and corrupt organizations act. so yeah. it's it's about obviously manipulating what's going on with uh, with with the organization.
2: So, like, the basis of it is that they, in addition to, like, if you were going to be, like, signing on um, to work with, like, Keller Williams, then you also had to um, contribute towards these side companies. Well, they
0: made them charge some additional fees that they For weren't going to fees. charge. And mm-hmm. then, and then I mean, they
2: raised the, aid, the fee that the agents pay from $25 to $65 uh, and yeah. said it was to go towards these other things, but really it was just being pocketed. Is that right?
0: I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a lawyer here. I just I mean none of this sounds good, Sarah, though. I, I do agree I with you. I think that
2: like for him, if he wanted to just have more money in his pocket, like saying that you're doing these other things, like he shouldn't have raised it that like dramatically or drastically. Um, he should have charged each agent like five more dollars and not said <laughs> it was going towards anything else. You know, just been like, Oh, fees went up five dollars and then like not said it was going towards these other things i mean he'd still be pocketing it but he wouldn't be lying which i think would get him in less trouble and and
0: the 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 plaintiff in the suit is the former ceo of keller williams
1: just to be clear oh my gosh well i think whenever you present a contract and then after somebody signs the contract you start changing terms that's bad right like, you start adding, oh, oh, yeah, I know it says $25 in, in the contract, but it's really going up to this. And then we're going to charge you for technology, and then we're going to charge you for this. I mean, to me, that's like bait and switch. Mm-hmm. That would be like you hiring a contractor. You guys signed a contract for a certain job, and then all of a sudden they changed the terms and the price and everything. So yeah. it, that's, not, that's never a good move. Like, no. just present the contracts as they would be. In real time, right? Like if you're going to charge the different fees, you have to present it in the contract at that time. So I don't know, this, none of this is good. I'm curious. I mean, if it's from the CEO, you would think that they would have some real well, he's concrete. The,
0: he's the ex CEO. Ex
1: CEO. That he would have some concrete evidence to to. Did he leave by his terms, or did um was he fired?
0: It's a good question.
1: Well, he definitely has it out for him. So um. What is that? No know your enemy, keep your enemies closer. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, he should have done this in that case. But he to bring these charges, he would have to have some kind of concrete evidence. Right. Because you're alleged. It's on
0: belief and information is what it says here.
1: Belief and information. Okay. So yeah, well, this is gonna be interesting no
2: matter what, to see
1: how this how this I mean, plays I'm out. thinking
2: it would like present best if the CEO Left on his terms because he thought something shady was going on, and then mm-hmm. brought the attention to. it. I mean, either way, mm-hmm. if he has the evidence, he's got evidence. So, right, you know, but not a disgruntled employee. Right, right, right. It would be coming more up from a like I knew something shady was going on. I didn't want to be any part of it. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the, the whole the whole thing here is that I mean, it, and then there was. uh I mean, he he started this started back in August, right? Um And he was. You know, there, there was uh, when he first um, it, when he when he first stepped back. There was an open letter that uh, to Inman that said he resigned from his position. Um, and you know, he wrote this open letter to Inman. Then Gary Keller came back in, returned to the role of CEO. I mean, you see this happen a lot in 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 these companies where uh, the ex CEO comes back and like takes over. Um, and he was only appointed CEO for two years, so it, it's when. Um, here I found some information here. So this is back from 2019. Um, so there was an email sent uh, late that uh, co-founder Gary Keller will return his role in CEO after leaving the same post in 1995 and serving on the board. Um, and he replaced John Davis. And there wasn't much information about why he got replaced. And then they said he resigned. So maybe this is why he resigned. Who knows? This is all alleged here. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest challenge I see with this is that. Um you look at the in in the housing wire report 3 months after the initial complaint of inflating key profitability metrics including company sales. How many times have you guys met a real estate agent that is totally lying about how many homes they sell and just make stuff up? This yeah. seems to be a rampant problem within the industry. I mean I I've, I've literally seen people "Oh, I sold this many homes." and I'm like and and they've been I mean you can look anything up in the MLS. It's all public record and I don't I don't know where they pull these numbers from and I think it's 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 a problem and you can't goose these things up to sell franchises when you're required to produce that sort of profitability. So if this is what happened and it's all alleged, that's a real concern for anyone opening a business with Keller Williams. If you're if you're already getting, you know, wooed by a lie or by false information, I mean, that's not the kind of company I would want to align with, period. I think that that's the biggest problem here. And there's so many companies that don't follow through on what they say they do. That That's a major issue. And I think this, if this is true, they're going to have a problem on their hands.
2: Oh, yeah. If it's true, this is big. This is a big deal. I wonder if he was, like, stressed out and, like, wondering if he was going to get caught and when he was going to get caught or if he just thought he wouldn't and, like, wasn't even worried about it, just thought he wouldn't. I don't know. Sometimes um, certain practices become so common and that. it just
1: becomes every day. Yeah. Sometimes the way people run things, it just, you know, they don't even think that it's wrong or right. because it just becomes, it's like the the uh, environment in the uh, NAR, right? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> All these, yeah. yeah, right. It's just, hey, that's how it's, we do things around we do here. Well, right. it's not right. It's wrong.
2: Yeah.
0: So here's the statement from Keller Williams. It's uh, from Daryl Frost, a Keller Williams spokesperson. He wrote that the, firm will continue to aggressively defend Davis's baseless claims. John Davis has filed new baseless allegations against new parties to get more press coverage. Um, the complaint cites KW's technology as a prime example of this alleged improper use of funds, noting that over the past six months, the mandated monthly technology fee has been more than doubled, rising from $25 to $65 an agent. Sarah, you had mentioned that. Um, On information and belief, Gary Keller has done nothing but pocket the increased technology fee for quite some time, according to the complaint. So we'll see how this plays out. I mean, you know, fees going up are are normal. And I don't I think you can't just look at this at face value because things cost more. right? We talk about inflation all the time on this show. And if if that's the case, right, um, then, well, you've got. I mean, it, you can't then just he, expect the company to pay, but you've got to just disclose, hey, this fee's going up, and that's it. And
2: right, and then you should have the evidence of, or like the tracking of where the money was spent, and that it did in fact go towards, right, where it was said it was going, right. So, so that just, people yeah. know where their money's going, and <laughs> right,
1: right. There's trust around that, right.
0: Uh, you know, I mean, th- this is this is one of the challenges that you run into if things aren't super like Stacey, You said contracts have to be clear and documented, and even then, when it's clear. People still say they don't understand them right. I mean all, all the time so because they don't read what they sign which is another rampant problem across the country not even just with uh you know with 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 real estate or this industry so this will be something to watch if this goes sideways and Keller Williams is found wrong here this is, this is not good for for, yeah. for their company
1: there's a lot of defendants on here though yeah, but while there are a lot of defendants mm-hmm.
0: I I know from having been on the, on on the wrong side of like I slipped and fell at a listing that you have and, and some things like that. They just name everybody.
2: Right. Just uh, to just, they just to do it net. to pull everyone in. They
0: want yep. to see who's insured and if they can get any money. Yep. So that might be what's going on here, too. I, I don't know. So the next piece of news we got, and we'll hit on this really briefly, um, is there was uh, there's another copycat lawsuit in Georgia. I, I don't even think that's really news. I think you're going to see more and more of these things here. So uh, Georgia home sellers filed, filed their own commission lawsuit. What I found more interesting was this uh, Instagram reel that Jared James put out. So, if you don't know who Jared James is, he's a real estate coach, and um, he's uh, you know pretty. He's got a pretty big following. Um, I mean, they they have, they're based out of uh, Connecticut. He's a national speaker and speaker and trainer. So, th- there's a lot of those in real estate. He's got you know t- 28,000 followers on YouTube, 38,000 on on Instagram. The reel he put out though. Um, I don't I guess I, I, we should have probably talked to Nick and see if we could have played this, but basically the short of it and I want to get your reaction here because this is something that still people aren't talking about. He said um uh, it's the question should NAR countersue, right? And he said that the plaintiffs didn't win because they were right. They won because they won. It's because they were the better than the defendants attorneys. Right? So it wasn't an, and, and The plaintiffs had a choice, and they opted to get a group of first-rate, high-end attorneys to take up their case versus hiring cheaper ones that could have done it for less. And the moral of the story is who you hire matters, both when hiring an attorney and when buying or selling a home, and that is what cracks me up about this whole thing. That's exactly what they're fighting against, and exactly what they're arguing against is exactly what they did in this moment, in this case, and making that argument. And... He goes on to say, I think NAR should file a countersuit against them and then the system and say the attorney and, and say that attorneys everywhere are inflating settlement costs because they collect a large fee. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this?
2: I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. We talked, talked about this. Right. It's a, Yeah. Yep. He like put it very straightforward and, um, you know, easy to understand and said exactly what we have kind of mentioned in the in the past that like attorneys also set their rates and that Mm -hmm. you do typically pay more for experience and for knowledge and for good representation. And that applies to, you know, anybody that you need representation from, whether Mm -hmm. that be your real estate agent or your attorney, they paid more to get attorneys that, you know, fought for them and came out with the result that they were looking for. So, right. (laughs) And the way that the majority
1: of these uh, attorneys work, they're commission-based, right? Um, was that negotiated? You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like standard fees set in, in the mm-hmm. attorney world, like a third. To yeah. Everybody, if you talk to anybody, how yeah. much would an attorney, you know, collect from you from a, an award? Right. About a third, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's
0: anywhere from like 33 to 40% is what you find on Google.
1: Yeah, just exactly. Just to be clear. So it's kind of like set. That's set, but that that's negotiable,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? But it's kind of like they set that standard, or they set that price fix. So yeah, I just I love this because I think it's so true, and and you do get what you pay for in for the most part, right? right? And I
2: feel as though like the attorneys are very unapologetic about it. They're like, yes. "This is my rate." Yeah, right. They're very yeah. Yeah, take it or leave it. Do you yeah.
1: want me to represent you? Right. Yeah, so. And if you don't
2: like it, then you can shop around and get somebody else just yep. like you can with your real estate agent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. You know?
2: And I'll go back to contractors.
1: There's contractors from across the spectrum. If you get four estimates, they are going to be four different price points. Um, you're going to have the contractor that comes in and says they're the best and they're going to give you this high quality work and then you'll mm-hmm. have one that says, hey, you know, I, I can fit you in on the weekends. I can do it
2: whenever and I mm-hmm. can do it for this price. So you do have a choice. Right. You know, so it's, it's, across the board. And then it's kind of up to you as the individual to maybe look at reviews of them right. who like stuck with the pricing that they said that they were going to or yep. who like had issues down the line with things mm-hmm. um, and then kind of factor that into, all right, maybe I'm going to pay a little bit more upfront here to get it done right. you know. Correct. But that's yep. also that's on you. Like you can't blame the contractor for that, you know, like that's right. on you, the one hiring them to You know, read reviews and to, you know, educate yourself at least like a little bit to know, Mm -hmm. you know, what you can negotiate on and what you what you can't.
1: Right. What type of materials are being used, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Down the line. But, yeah, I I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you think about this, I mean, uh, you, you mentioned contractor Stacy. I mean, I recently got my roof done, right? I got four quotes. I mean, one was lo- it, it, the, the numbers. There was a, there was a literally a hundred percent markup on two of these things, and it, the roof looks the same. We haven't had any leaks. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't need one of these <laughs> fancy roofs. So that that's a great example. Attorneys, if you, um, my my son likes watching uh, Action News at ten, right? So they have all the personal injury attorney commercials are on <laughs> PHL seventeen. And some say, hey, we charge lower fees. Others say, hey, we get the best rewards. And liter- I've never seen so many personal injury attorney uh, attorney right. commercials in one spot. And it's all on PHL 17. And when you think about the options that are out there, I mean, you mentioned you hire a bad attorney. Well, I've seen in real estate transactions people hire discount brokerages or salaried yes. agents, yes. specifically companies like Redfin and Hauser, where they miss deadlines. They say, oh, well, what do you mean I missed this deadline? And appraisal comes in short, and then they... Don't find they don't send the reply in on time. Well, oh, it, it, you should just overlooked that. I've had agents come to me and say, "Hey, just give us our deposit money back." My buyer made a mistake and missed the deadline. And my response is, "The seller read the contract. I can't. This, right. My hands are tied here." Right. And these are people that do a lot of business. So th- this is so spot on. This is the best take that I've seen. And we've talked about this before. Um, th- this I, I do love the idea. If NAR actually had any sort of uh, you know brain in their in their skull, um, they would file a countersuit based on that. The problem is you're not going to find an attorney or you're going to be hard-pressed to find an attorney that wants to sue other attorneys. That's very taboo, which sounds like it's price-fixing.
4: Right.
0: (laughs) So we're going to leave it there. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about, I'm going to call this the holiday disease that is going on right now in real estate. And I'm all for holidays. I got a family. We do tons of holiday stuff. We're going to talk about that next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB
4: 860 AM.
0: the Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA Service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. That's Tom, tool with an e, dot com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales
3: Group at REMAX Mainline.
0: Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time. And we have Nick Wolf behind the camera. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we are streaming live on YouTube. If you get some value out of this, subscribe, Hit the bell for notifications. Tune in every week. We're there streaming live so you can see Sarah, myself, and Stacy in the studio. So holiday season's here, right? Usually Thanksgiving's like the kickoff. It's a little yep. muted. Some people are maniacs and already have their Christmas decorations up since like the end of, uh, the end of uh, October. I find this to be one of my favorite times of year for business. And not that we're not spending time with our families and doing those things. I know we're all doing that. But there's so many people that like, Stacy. you said it, it's like, it's October and they're talking about next year already. Right. Mm-hmm. There's what, there's 33 days left in the year. That's almost 10% of the year. And people are already kind of mailing it in. I mean, I, w- I was giving an anecdote earlier. I was at a doctor's appointment with one of my kids and they were talking about scheduling the next checkup for their kid. Right. And and so this is a pretty regular thing. They usually schedule right when you're there. Is that what you do with, with your daughter? Mm-hmm. And. This person goes, you know, I just can't even deal with this right now. And it was like a six-month checkup, so they could have just scheduled it. I'll, I'll call me after the holidays. I'll deal with it. This is a doctor's appointment, oh right? Gosh. And I, That, I mean, like,
2: to me it sounds like more work. Like, just do it while you're there. Yeah. Get it in yes. and, like, be done with it. Right, because then if I have to remember, because, like, now you're going to make the doctor's office call you, or, like, if I have to remember to call back in, it's not happening.
0: Well, <laughs> it does create more work. And avoiding work... Right. Creates more work, yes. and 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 it makes it harder because you're playing catch up, right? You're 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 committing to too much. So, um, Jason Posick, who you guys both know, he's a good friend of mine. He is the sales manager for a large team up in Massachusetts. He calls this separation season, where you can separate yourself from the rest of the market. And when everyone's coming back into the office, like January second, January third, it's like, it's like going to the gym in January, right? There's people there, they're ready to commit to finally getting in shape after 15 years of not doing it every single year. Right. this You can set yourself up so well. So you have listings launching January 2nd. So you have buyers going under contract on those new listings. They're pre-approved. They've already done all the things they need to do. I look at this as an opportunity, and there's probably some challenges or some objections you got to deal with. What What are your two approaches? Because, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, Sarah, I think you did like six deals in, in, in the month of December. Oh, it was um, awesome. Wow. And, and uh super cool. And, and and obviously, you know, I've I've taken 17 listings in the month of December before. Phew. Stacey, you're always selling a ton of houses. Yeah. Um But but my point is, all these case studies here, they demonstrate the opportunity in the month of December, and it gets you gets you off to such a good start to the year. So what are you two doing to prep? Right now, to make the most of the next 33 days in the calendar,
1: I'm keeping pretty much a similar schedule, unless there's uh, you know a party thrown in there or something that's scheduled a, a time block. Um, but for the most part, I'm I'm not really changing that much. I'm just following up with my clients and making sure that you know they see everything that's out there on the market and and. You know, just trying to help them get through. I love putting deals together in December. For January closings, oh, are you oh kidding
2: gosh. me? Well, and it's like great what? then when you're starting off the year. And I know we have that little right. like board at the office that like you know kind of calculates some different things. Mm-hmm. And when you go into the year and you've got yeah you've got those things lined up and you're like oh my it's God.
1: it's great. It's so Fantastic. put some deals together in December. Yeah, you'll it's thank such a yourself good way to in, in January. The year. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good way. And then and then you're off to a running start. Right in the beginning of the year, and it's right.
2: you have it's, the momentum. Yep, it's, you're it's not so positive. Like, right, you're not playing catch up from a month of like ignoring your job oh my (laughs) gosh can you imagine just putting everything on hold
1: yeah and then coming in january to sort and sift through all that stuff right just to get your traction just to get started and then you're looking at your deals in march and april Mm -hmm. so why not put the effort in now or or keep the same working flow working schedule so that you have a really positive start to the
2: new year Yeah, and I mean, I think there are, as you get closer to the holidays, there are going to be certain days where you have family things. Or I know, like, with my husband's uh, family, they've, because it was too hard for, like, everybody to do Christmas on Christmas, they, with, like, you know, trying to hit different families and whatnot, we do an off Christmas with them, like, the weekend before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smart. So, like, you know, you're going to have those things. Block those off. Enjoy Mm -hmm. those times. And, you know, but, like, reserve... Reserve the time that you need to for the different things. But nobody, or I don't know, maybe, like, the most popular person in the world (laughs) has, like, multiple events every day from now until Christmas. So, like, you know, block off the time that you can't do things and then the days that you can just work as you normally would. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Christmas is one day. You factor in Christmas Eve, you got two, right? The day after Christmas, it's three. So – you got those three days. Maybe you have, like, some families, but it's on the weekend anyway. I mean, there, there's yeah. still there, – there's so much opportunity. And, I this, you know, it, it comes back to – you guys talk about having momentum. You know what's a lot harder than keeping momentum? Generating momentum. Yes. It's very difficult to do because you got to put in all that extra effort to give yourself that confidence and that flow state that happens when you're doing those things and constantly you – know, you, just imagine it's a stone wheel you're pushing. If you have the thing stopped and you're trying to get it going, let's say it's like a 1,000 pounds – one push is not going to do the job, but when you're constantly like keeping it going, you know it's it, it's way easier. So that's a great point on your part, Sarah. Also, it's it, it's the fail of not running off off, off a schedule, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I take days off all the time. So does everybody else. There's there's days I know we all don't work during. People think real estate agents work every day of the week, right? There's days off. There's time off. It's blocked. If you're going to block off, hey, I'm I'm traveling to Lancaster, right? Or I've got my Annoying in-laws coming over or whatever you have going on, you can block that off in your calendar and just do some pre-planning and, and schedule it. And that's how you can maximize productivity. The flip side is it's way easier getting people on the phone this time of year because they're all skipping out on work.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's easier to show homes because right now it gets dark at what, like 4.30 at night? It's very yeah. depressing. I'm, so, I'm disappointed they didn't pass Daylight Savings Time, the, the elimination of it. That would have been great. We're here now. Well, now people have more time off so you can meet them like during the day, during the week to go look at homes instead of waiting for the weekend so you can maximize that productivity. And it's it's a great time to call your clients and just say, "Hey, thanks for a great year. You know, appreciate you. How's your first holiday in your new home?" There, there's so much opportunity and the people that can't get that through their head. I mean, this is why a lot of agents don't make a lot of money. I mean, it'd be, it be cuz it's it's not a it's not I'm going to work when I feel like it. Like, there's there's a lot of working days in December. I just don't get this. It, it's just such – it's so incredible to me. This And this happens every year, but it's separation season. I think that's the way to look at it. So what kind of goals do you two have for the month of December? So Stacey wants to sell a bunch of houses. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, have you really thought, like, hey, here's my numbers, here's what i got to hit? And, look, December's not here yet, so it's a good time for us to maybe do this.
1: December's not here, but I have my eye on a number of targets. I mean, honestly, if I could do four to five deals, get them under contract, I'd be super psyched.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I do have motivated people in, and there's a couple listings that I'm working to try to, to get under contract, mm-hmm. too. So that's my goal, and... If I can position myself that way, I'll be off to a a great start for January.
2: Right. I mean, what's nice for, like, the listing side, it can be, like, we don't need – if you want to wait to actually list until January, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and we can go through all the different reasons why, you know, homes show great in December and, like, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if they're, like, I'm not doing this till next year, you can still get it signed in December So and, like, get some of that preliminary stuff out of the way so that you can – you know, January comes – you can list. And for buyers, like you can line up the uh, settlements for January, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. you can get them under contract. So that piece is done. And then it's just like you don't have to move on Christmas Day. Like right. Nobody's going to make you do that. Um, but, you know, you can kind of coordinate schedules. Um, and then I also think like I every year there are different clients that are going to say like, all right, you know, I'm checking out until January, but keep sending them the stuff like right. You know, and if something good pops up, like don't be afraid to go and be like, Hey, like, listen, I know you said that you wanted to hold off, like, you know, don't just like ignore what they're saying, but like this one popped up and it could be a really good fit, you know? Um, and we could use some of the questions that we've, you know, gone over in the past where like if somebody's kind of pulling back for the holidays, like, oh, that's fine. But like if the right home popped up that matches all of these things, would you want me to tell you about it? Mm-hmm. And then you can call, them, like, hey, you told me you wanted me to Keep you in the loop if the right one came up. Um, It's a lot easier to do those continuous little touches than just like, you know, come January, have that like anxiety of like, oh, my God, I haven't talked to them in a couple of weeks. And right know, yeah,
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, people always transact and make decisions sooner than they tell you. So people are saying after the holidays, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to call and you wait until January. You're going to call someone back and say, hey. Sarah, we bought a house. Yeah. Sorry. Or hey, we already listed with another agent, Stacy. And these aren't just your leads; these are other people's leads too. I don't care if they're mm-hmm. your clients or whoever else. They're going to be talking to other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot assume the sale. So, get rid of that loser mindset for the holidays. Get into action. There's a lot of time left in the year. That's it for this week's episode. You want to follow Sarah? She's at tie underscore tie time on Instagram. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at TomTool3RD, and again, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications. We're here every week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.